Do you run your own freelance business? Or maybe you're thinking about picking up some business on the side. Well, then you need FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the quickest and easiest way to get invoices out to your clients. It's easy to use. It works anywhere, available from any device, uh, on the desktop, iPhone, iPad, Android, and all of your data is backed up and secure. And it makes it really easy to get organized and get paid. You'll be tracking time, logging expenses, and invoicing your clients in no time. You can also save time billing, freeing up several days per month to focus on the work that you love, and you get paid faster. FreshBooks customers are paid on average five days faster because there's a link on the invoice that says pay me now. And it's a great way to grow your business. Plus, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day trial. That's right, 30-day trial if you try them out. So go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Once again, for a 30-day trial, go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Hey folks, we are still here at NG Atlanta uh, doing another interview with Kim. Kim Creighton. Awesome. Now, I read the summary for your talk and I was just, I, I looked at it and I read it and I was like, Boo, yeah, right? I don't do non-technical talks. And at first I was like, because when I read the title, I was like, I was like, okay, is she trying to make a statement? And it, you were, but I wasn't quite sure what the statement was until I read the summary. And for me, and I've said this a few times on some of these interviews, my brother's going through a computer science program right now. And he, he took a couple of classes and he looks at me and he's like, so how much of this am I going to use? And I kind of looked over the syllabus for the classes and I said, not a lot. And he's like, well, what's the most important thing that I can learn then? And I looked at him, I said, how to work with people, right? And, and so I'm reading your, your talk summary and it's basically, I don't give non-technical talks because all of this stuff is technical and it all affects what we do. It all matters. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there going, you know, I, I can tell you that the, the people that I've seen fired from teams, it was almost never their technical skills. It was that they did not deal well with certain situations. And, that, and that's, is, so as a, being hired as a computer programmer, software engineer, whatever you want to call it, someone's hiring you to solve a problem. Yes. And so if you have no critical thinking skills, if you uh -huh. cannot uh, collaborate, if you do not understand how to be empathetic and to hear other people's perspectives and voices. Mm -hmm. If you don't understand how to uh, explain, I mean, it's just something is explaining something with right. Um, you, if all your skills are, I can, like I said in the talk, if all you can do is sit at a keyboard, put on your headphones, and ignore everybody, you will be replaced by a robot. Mm -hmm. Because all these other things are things that robots cannot do. Yep. And they're the things. It's the human stuff. Please stop calling me soft skills. <laughs> it devalues what we do, uh -huh. and it devalues it devalues the human aspect of our jobs. Uh -huh. And it's the human, as you said, it's the human aspects of our jobs that make or break your career, your business, your product or service. So true. And so we need to we. Um, I was at a talk, um, I did a Selenium talk in Berlin, and she was, one of the speakers was talking about how we need to really focus on the humanities. Uh -huh. And some guy was like, well, why do we need to do that? The fact that you asked that question explains, and you gave a great example of why we need to focus on humanities. Because yeah. Humanities, there are no 
right or wrong answers. We're so used to being in a school system that is not preparing us for the real world. <laughs> Don't get me started. I agree. Our, our school system tells, uh, is, is like, here's a question, and there are four responses. Uh-huh. A, B, C, or D. Right. Well, in the real world, there can be Q. Yep. There can be Q, and you have to go back to B. Yep. And so it's the humanities that help us learn how to think in those ways. Yep. And so that's why we need the arts. That's why we need English. That's why we need history. We need yep. all of degrees. And it also takes, and this is, a, a, again, it's, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this caveat. So my model this year is hashtag cause a scene. So I'm upsetting the apple cart in a lot of ways this year. Mm-hmm. I'm just letting you know, this is your trigger warning. This is a, <laughs> a little offended by it. But our youth. Uh-huh have not developed the skill set yet to be effective at a lot of these things that they're going to be required to do if they're if they need to compete or keep jobs away from, from um, robots. And I'm going to say this because I know somebody's going to question it. I have a master's degree in training and development. Uh-huh. I've worked with learners of all ages. I am uh-huh. certified special needs teacher, and I'm getting a doctorate of business administration. So wow. that's what I'm talking about. So I don't want anybody to say, uh, what is she talking about? I work with learners of all ages and abilities in all different kinds of um, environments. And the skill set I have took me years to develop. Yeah. I could not be this, have these, these technical skills uh-huh. at 25. There are no easy bake skill sets? Not the coding, maybe, but not this. Yeah. Yeah. And when we, de- when we, when we put value only on programming, uh-huh. People like myself who have well-developed skills that are necessary, we don't aren't we aren't valued and we're not compensated for, it, and that's a problem. Oh, really? Yes. That's interesting. I mean, you know, I definitely see. You know, you, you mentioned may, coding maybe, but even still, I mean, if you put a brand new coder on a problem, and even if they can solve it in the same amount of time as a an experienced person, they still don't solve it as well. I mean, You're all of yeah. Because they've never, they've never failed. They have never yeah. got, had the feedback from failure. Uh huh. Yes, and that's so. That's it's not. It's not. A, it's not a slap on their hands. These things. Yeah. With time. Yep. And we live in such a microwave society where we're looking for um, simple problems to complex solutions. Uh huh. That's our problem. Yeah. That's why our communities aren't changing. That's why mm-hmm. our communities are so toxic. We're not yep. open to change, and change is the only thing that's constant. Yep, <laughs> man, you you are you're 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 right on. I mean, it it's so true. And I think a lot of times we really are just looking for the okay, what's the easy way to solve this? And you know, what's we miss. Work? I just need to work. Yep. I just need to work. Not thinking about the long term of how many people might be affected by uh-huh. that code based late like, yep. from now. Even you having to come back to it. I was going to say. How will it affect the user experience? Uh-huh. How will it affect partnerships that come in? How will it affect, because the, the things you need to think about are people who work for an organization, people who want to partner with an organization, people who want to buy from an organization, uh-huh. people who want to invest in an organization. Right. That, because I hear stories now, oh yeah, when Angular first came out, oh my God, we look at that code base now, blah, 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 because all they wanted to do was push code. Yep. No one thought about the long-term effects uh-huh. of how they push that code. Right. And again, as Angular improved uh-huh. or changed, um, you learn from that. 
But those are things you need to be thinking about then. Okay, let, I'm making a decision now. Mm-hmm. This may change in the future. Can we make this modular? Can we do this so that it's right. all those things you need to be thinking about uh-huh. instead of just at the moment? Yep. We oftentimes just think of these silos, but a business is a system. Uh-huh. And so you do something here. If, if, if sales, if marketing does something here and they don't explain it to sales, right. sales is like, how do you have a job? <laughs> yep. Yep. But if you explain, we did this because these are the measurements that we're looking at, and this is what we need to hit. Then sales are, oh, I get it. So now I can create a system or strategy around that. Right, exactly. So everything you do in a system, think about mm-hmm. your body. Yep. Everything you do in a system affects other things. Yep. And that's why I don't do non technical talks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. It's funny. I mean, you know, and, and people, you know, they, they talk about like the way that we communicate and all of that, you know, soft skills, right? But at the same time, you know, well, what about agile development? Is that a soft skill? Because if you, if you take a team and you're going to work, you know, what traditional waterfalls, usually the boogeyman, they stand up to that, right? But if, if you're going to do, you know, your team can do waterfall and you can pick my technology, we're going to do agile development, which means that we can adjust and change as we go, and we have a way to communicate, we have a way to work together, we'll get it done better than you will, even if you have better technology. And I'm going to give a caveat to that, because even the Agile is about a product or service. Uh-huh. It's not about building the systems that a business needs. Yeah. So it's still siloed. It's not uh-huh. sticking with the whole system. So there should not be, there should be core values, there should be one succinct thing that as an organization, mm-hmm. this is how we communicate. This is how we work. Not So if I'm using waterfall in my arena, there has to be a damn good reason right. why I'm using not because this is what we just want to use. Oh, that's totally fair. So, because in some systems, in some situations, it may work. It may work, yeah. Um, just like some systems, it, people use Trello mm-hmm. versus, what's it called? Jira. Mm-hmm. You know, can I talk about my, my talk? We need to, under, to make sure we understand our terms that we're defining. Technical and technology and tool is not the same thing. Yeah. And so when you talk about agile, all you're talking about is a part of a system. Yeah. What you need to do is think about the whole system and think mm-hmm. about, okay, for that, this is the, what we do as a system. But I recognize you're the heart. Mm-hmm. So in, a heart can't function like a lung. No. But it's the whole system. Right. So you have to look at the whole system first. And then you can look at the individual. Mm-hmm. I, I really want to hit something that you said because I think it it's the core more than anything else of what you're saying. And you basically said there are principles, there are core values behind this, right? A second ago, you were channeling my business coach, <laughs> you know, right? Well, I do business coaching, exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and I do business coaching from perspective. Like I said, I'm getting a doctor's or business administration. The only reason I'm getting... I can, I was like, I can care less about the doctor. I care about the doctor now, but when I started, it wasn't about getting a doctor. Right. It was the fact that I am an entrepreneur, and I, even with the internet, I wasn't finding the information I need to uh-huh. build a business. Right. So I said, I'm going to go to business school. Well, going to business school is cost prohibitive to most people. Mm-hmm. I have racked up loans out the butt just right. because this is important to me. It's either someone has to go into debt or 
privileged individuals have networks and connections who teach them these principles. Uh -huh. The average person does not understand about how to build a business. So one of my things is to democratize business school education. Right. So one of the things that I'm doing, particularly with underrepresented and marginalized entrepreneurs, is teaching them how to build the business. Right. I don't even talk about the product or service uh -huh. until we've identified your core values, figured out how what what the indicators of success will look like for those core values. Uh -huh. Once you get your indicators of success, how will you measure that? Uh -huh. Then you go out and test that and then use operational like okay now that works. Let's put this in our operations and then we standardize it and then we iterate that process. Yep. Only when we've done that can you now look at a product or service because now once you know your core values, let's say your core value like one of my core values is can you even think about it right now. Okay, so one of my client's core values is beautiful things. She, uh -huh. she had no idea how she would measure that. Right. But now she's at a point where she can say, uh, even in even in an email, for her beautiful things equates to these feelings. So when she's talking to her staff, does your she's not writing a template for them, but how it does your email the structure and construction of your email allow the customer to feel valued, uh -huh. understand your empathy. That's a part of her operations. That's amazing. That's amazing. But the thing is, is we can, you know, bringing it back to this is a programming conference. We do all these things in our code, in our teams, in the way that we communicate, in the way that we talk, the things we talk about, the, the, the code that we write, right? You, you come back to these core values. We care about code that is easily changed or easily modified. We care about uh, communicating in a way that is clear. We care about communicating in a way that's, that uh, is empathetic. We give people about the, those, those are adjectives and you have to be able to figure out how to measure that. So right. I'm going to give you back to an example of the beautiful things. Uh -huh. So if your code base in her mind, if it's, if it's focused on beautiful things, that means we have a style guide. That means this. The, there you go. So yeah. Things in place. Uh -huh. This is what beautiful code means. When there, um, when there is an issue, if it's a, if there's an issue, we are respectful to the people. Uh -huh. That is what beautiful, and that is tangible. Yes. It's measurable. Uh huh. Absolutely. And that's how you get to the decision of, oh, should we be using Reactor or and, mm -hmm. and not? Oh, because I like it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how most of those decisions are made, and in my exactly. experience. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The whole system first. Yeah. And then make determinations based on the whole. Is this is this decision good for the whole system? Yep. But even if it's not good, because sometimes yeah. you have to do some things that are going to put the, the let's say the body yeah. in shape. Uh huh. But is it better for the long term? Right. Yes. And then I've thought about the consequences. Mm hmm. Which yeah. People don't think about. Yep. And and that's one of the things that I really like about this too, right? Is you, we have the style guide, you know, we have we we we've codified all these things that we do, right? Mm -hmm. So somebody comes in, they know if they belong there. Oh yes. boy, do they know, right? Yes. Well, and, and we know who we want to bring in. That you need to be careful about because have you created an environment that is just like you because it's comfortable for you and uh -huh. push you outside your comfort zone, or does this person not belong just because they just wouldn't be a good fit for it? So those right. are very tricky. It is tricky. But that is also not a soft skill. No. <laughs> no, it's not. Yes. So but but that having those conversations, because then you have mm -hmm. to look at because I hate when people say, oh, the culture fit. They don't they're not a culture fit. Most culture fit thing question most of you haven't even thought about your culture. So what is a culture fit? <laughs> That's true. That is true. Yeah. And, and, 
So if you're a geek, a gamer, anything like that, and you want cool stuff to put around your office, uh, cool t-shirts, comic books, etc., then definitely check out Loot Crate. To save 10% on your new subscription, go to lootcrate.com slash ruby. Again, that's lootcrate.com slash ruby to save 10% on any new subscription. Enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Good deal. <laughs> Man, I could sit and talk about this all day. Yeah. And I'm sitting here, you know, you're like, yeah, but you got to be careful about that. And, you know, my brain's going, wow, <laughs> you know. I mean, just one of the things I tell people about um, when we're talking about inclusion and diversity, uh-huh. you have to understand the difference between underrepresented and marginalized. Uh-huh. Many people of privilege don't understand what those things are. So I'm going to explain that so that we have a underrepresented, and we're going to talk about women in technology. Mm-hmm. All women in technology are underrepresented. Okay. White women in technology are not marginalized. Marginalized is how people have been treated. Fair enough. So when people say women in technology are making gains, when they look at the data, Mm -hmm. white women are making gains. Other people, women of color, are not making gains. We're actually falling behind. Oh, really? Yes. And so that's how people can try to tick that box. Uh Uh-huh. Because they can say, oh, women, no, only white women are making gains. That's interesting. And I can, I can send you, anybody who doubts it, I have data to send you. I would love to see the data. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I've been tweeting about that a lot lately, though. Uh-huh. I've been, people have been asking me these questions. Right. And I've been educating them on, on that. Uh-huh. So those are the things we need to think about. White women, because they are white, are, are having the benefit of being having that privilege. Uh-huh. So it's, it's easy to check that box. Uh-huh. Because white women, and although you, some people would rather have it all male, mm-hmm. having a white woman there is less threatening to them, and and the system uh-huh. has been marginalized. We've been we're going to push back. Uh-huh. A lot of reasons, or a lot of people of color leave these organizations because they're not in our best interest. So we come into tech, but uh-huh. you look at the data, people of color are quickly leaving tech because it's not safe for us because we're still treated marginalized. That's interesting. I would love to see that data. And, and and I really, I love the approach too, where it's it's like, look, here are the actual numbers. Because I think a lot of times we, we get involved in some of this stuff because it sounds nice or because it, it makes, it makes me feel good. Right. And it's, it's like, well, look, you know, if, if you have real numbers, and then I can go talk to some of the people those numbers represent, and I can really start to get a picture of what's going on, I can be way more effective yes. at helping these people yes. than if, if you know, some other white dude comes and yells at me because he thinks that I'm not doing the thing that makes him feel good. And that's why I, I tell people there's a difference between outrage. Outrage is reactive, strategy is uh-huh. proactive. Yep. And I believe in strategy. Yep. So it's about, and I'm a researcher at heart. So yes, I'm going to look at the numbers. Uh-huh. And, then, and so that's why I, um, I've been doing a lot of periscopes lately and people are just like, <laughs> yesterday, it's only been 24 hours and it's over 500 views. Oh, wow. Because I talked about the terms you should never use with me or people like me, which are never call me. I never want to hear anybody call me aggressive again, intimidating, or um, defensive. That's on you. I'm honest. Mm-hmm. I'm clear. And and I just in this conversation, uh-huh. I know what I'm talking. So I don't need oh, to yeah. explain it to me. I don't need you to re-explain it to anybody else. When I say no, I mean no. I'm uh-huh. not being aggressive. No, I mean no. I'm not being mm-hmm. defensive. No, I mm-hmm. thought about what I need to say, and I'm not doing that. Yep, absolutely. And if 
And the thing of that though is, if you, if you as a white man see that me as a black woman in any of those terms, consciously or unconsciously, you now because if let's say if you're my manager, uh-huh. you hold my economic well-being, in, and that's a problem. Right. That's a problem. That makes sense. Because your own biases are now affecting my financial mm-hmm. my ability to compensate. Because you will go and say she doesn't need a raise because of this, that, and the other, but that's on you, and it's not on me. Yeah. But I'm living with the consequences of that. That makes sense. How, how do you self-evaluate on that stuff, though? Get to a person like me who's just going to be honest with you. I honestly think that's part of the problem, though, is that a lot of people won't be honest with you. And, that, and that's why I call a hashtag cause a scene, because I recognize that over this past year, I've gained some, mm-hmm. respect, some level of respectability that white men actually, literally, white men will listen to me. Uh-huh. Because I create a safe space for them to say what they need to say, but I'm not going to coddle them. Because right. any discomfort you feel is nothing compared to the discomfort I felt as a black woman living in the South. So get over yourself. Uh-huh. You can still go back to your white world and be okay. <laughs> I can never change this. Right. So if I can make you look, and so I tell people, let's start getting comfortable with being mm-hmm. uncomfortable so we yeah. can have these real conversations so we can move through this crap. Yeah. We're not moving through any of this. So right now, like somebody was, as I was walking out, he wanted to give me his, no, don't give me your card. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of people telling me what they're going to do. To me, it's about demonstration. If you know that I have these skills, don't tell me how great I am. Get me hired. Right. I don't want to hear all of that stuff. That's so, true. Because what happens is when you give when you give me your card, now you're asking somebody who's from a marginalized community to do the work. I'm not mm-hmm. doing the work. I've right. been doing the work for free forever. I'm done. Yeah. Cool. I, I have some stuff to think about. <laughs> I, I commend you for that. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of people aren't open to it, but... It is what it is, and I try to create a safe space, and I don't come at it from mm-hmm. political or moral. It's economics. Yeah. It's about business, and it's not, it's, I'm not trying to change mm-hmm. it, because our morals, I don't know where you are on a moral scale, but we can talk about money, we can talk about mm-hmm. data, yeah. we can agree on that. Oh, absolutely. And so it's about, to, again, I cannot create products and services for a global market from one. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.